the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. Beautiful singing ladies and gentlemen, great singing. Thank you, saints of God, for all the team members who are keeping this place just beautiful, magnificently, elegantly beautiful. And we come and we worship because of your good generosity that we could be here. It's a nice, fine place. It's a privilege that many people don't have. If you travel, you'll see that. Matthew 24. If you find it, say amen. Verse 5 and verse 11. For many shall come in my name, Jesus said, saying, I am Christ, which means Messiah, and shall deceive many. And verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Verse 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Let us pray. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus. Bless this service right now, God. Speak to us. Direct us, God. Show us the truth, God. We want to know what's right from wrong. We want to know what time we're living in, Jesus. This is the end of time, and you're in charge of time. Bless every family that's represented here. Bless us individually and as a family. As a body in Christ Jesus, we pray right now. We ask your help in Jesus' name. Praise God. I want to talk to you about the final Christ and the final prophet. You may be seated. When you're young, you're not very smart. You think you're smarter than your parents. You think you're smarter than everybody else. And young people believe that the adults never been through adolescence or childhood days. We dropped out of the sky and we just dropped down here adults. But we do have a history of being kids. And when I was a child, I'll never forget, I used to be impressed looking at these men whose hair was as high as that high. As wide as this. And their beard are down here. And they have a certain stripes of colors. And they could play those bungo drum real good. And they will sometimes dance to it. In fact, they have a language that you probably won't understand if I try to speak it for you. But they had it. And they're called Rastafarians. And they call this dreadlock. Now, most women wish their hair would grow that long. Just seemed like nature would never cooperate with them, but with the men it did. It just grow and grow, and when you feel it, it's like sponge, because they wax their hair, make it stay tall, and it's all over the place. Well, at one time they were looked upon and frowned upon, but I went back to the country I came from, and I noticed professors now do it. Politicians now have it. Not only that, it's overseas, around the world. It's a common practice. But they, people said they have no leader, 
but they did have an ideology. And as far as I recall, Haile Selassie was God. That's what they told me. And they said, we got to go back home. And home was Ethiopia. And the song they sing about is to go back to Ethiopia, homeland. England was Babylon. <laughs> or anybody who, who is in a police stripe. You're a policeman, you're Babylon. And uh, in fact, I know one Rastafarian guy. When, when the lightning would flash, he would jump out of his house and pose. <laughs> Say, Ja, he's taking his picture. And such like, they would talk. Well, when you're young, you're crazy. Everything goes. Everything sounds pretty good. But I remember before I went to England, uh, they had a trip where Haile Selassie finally visited Jamaica. And I can't tell you what year that was, but I know it was in one of those cars where you open the top off. And he could stand up in that car, something like what the President Kennedy got shot in, one of those kind of cars. And Rastafarians came out in great numbers to see their God. <laughs> and when he stood up in that car, it was about that high. And one of the fellows says, my God is short, isn't he? <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to him after he saw. <coughs> Just how short his God was. And my question is, how tall is your God? And who is your prophet? Those guys would talk with authority. And you would think Ethiopia is a heaven place. Well, I've met a real Ethiopian, and they tell me that some of them did get, you know, went to Ethiopia. They live there, and they have land that was given them free. They have a colony of their own. They have their own cows and sheep and whatever. They live there. But that's all they have. But then finally, Ayelislasi got put in jail, and they killed him. The communists killed him, and he died. So their God died. So I'm not sure who God is now for that system because their God died. And many of them still calling Ethiopia home. I don't think they want to go there because when they get there, they won't like it when they get there because it won't be a heaven or a paradise like they think. But those men had philosophy. They still have philosophy that they speak. And a lot of young people used to get involved in it. It's so easy for young people to be swayed by ideologies and philosophies of older men who, of course, we think they're the sage of time, and they talk very convincingly that they know what they're talking about. But they're not the only one, the only one that does that. There are so many false Christ in our world, and there are so many false prophets in the world that when I became a Christian, I tried to study 
to know their names, all their names. And I found out in just Pakistan, India alone, there are millions of demons. I didn't know that. And I started talking to people from that country, and they tell me that there are millions and billions of gods and demons of different sorts. I didn't know that. And so prophets, there are many prophets, millions, thousands, that came before Jesus was born and came after he was born. You cannot keep up and study all their names. But I remember a story that was preached one time about a famous painter in Europe. And everybody wants to imitate his painting and make a lot of money off it. So they were messing up his reputation. Finally got the idea, after he finished painting, he would do this. Put his thumbprint on it. And that thumbprint, no matter how much they imitate the color scheme, the ink, the whatever, they could not imitate his fingerprint. Because no two people in this building have the same thumbprint. As many as six to eight billion people on earth, and they're not the same six billion thumbprint. They are all distinct and different. And so the counterfeiters and the imitators and the boguses lost their business because they could not produce the thumbprint. Well, God is no different with his teachings, his message. And the question is, how tall is our God? Can we identify him distinctly different from all the gods? The Apostle Paul got converted to Christianity and taught gods, there are many. Peter said prophets, many false prophets. But Jesus taught us in this word in the book of Matthew 11 and verse 10 to 11 that of women that are born that gave birth to children, he said there's never been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Now I could say a lot of stuff here about that. It would come across like hate literature. But think what I just said. Jesus said in verse 3 to 6, there has never been another prophet greater than John. Let that sink in. The greatest of all prophets. That means John the Baptist is greater than Moses. Can you believe that? Nehemiah, Ezra, Zacharias, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. He said that there's never been any man born of the woman greater than John the Baptist. None greater. Now, name all the prophets that there are in our world today. Name all the prophets they are killing people over. The Bible said there has never been a greater. Not only that, it says the prophet prophesied from Moses up to John. The last prophet 
that's of any validity on this earth is John. Can you believe that? And yet millions and trillions of people don't have that knowledge. They're the only validated prophet that ever walked this earth. His name was called John the Baptist. And the reason why he's the greatest, all the prophets from Moses right up to Zacharias, Amen and Malachi rather, they prophesied about the coming Messiah, but they have never, ever seen him face to face. Prophets desire to look into their prophecy. But here's what Jesus Christ said. He said, there's never been a greater than John. Now, when they asked John, who are you? Are you the Christ? You know what John said? No, I'm not him. Here's what John says in Isaiah 40. He quoted it. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What are you crying? What are you preparing? I'm preparing a highway for our God. What he's saying here is, John said, the one I'm preparing the way for is not a God. He is the very God. He's calling Jesus what? He's saying he's preparing the way for Jesus, for Jesus Christ is God. Now, John the Baptist confessed that Jesus is greater and more worthier than he is. Hello? Never has anybody, amen, being so humble like John, they wanted John to call himself the Messiah. I said, no, I'm not him. And John said, I didn't know who the Messiah was, but the voice that sent me told me upon whom I see the Spirit as a dove landing upon him. That is the true Messiah. And John said, I saw and bore record. Now, if that's true, why are millions of people are going to be deceived? They're not looking for the thumbprint. The signature that will stop you <laughs> from being deceived. Now, I've been to a few stores in the States, and sometimes I give a $50 bill or a $20 bill, and that girl will do this. She said, what are you looking for? She's looking for something in that money that I don't know. But there is a signature on that dollar bill that a counterfeit may miss out on. And sometimes they use a flashlight and go like this. I've never seen that happen. And those people are not going to be deceived. They don't have to learn all the counterfeit. All they got to know is how to recognize the genuine. If you can recognize the genuine, when you see it, you know it. And when the rest is counterfeit, you know it also. When I was in Nigeria and coming back uh, in one particular trip, uh, like I told you, I missed my plane. I missed my trip. I missed everything. The missionary messed me up, and I got stayed longer than I wanted to. And But I was coming back now, and... Now it's a big lineup, a big crowd. Everybody wants to come to Europe and come to, to London and then so on. And I was in that crowd. 
So my name finally got called up, and we got lined up to get on, on the plane. And guess what happened? They checked every passport. We had a magnifying glass. We had a flashlight. And they were checking every passport. They checked my passport. And this guy, they checked him. And she made a, uh, a little beckoning to somebody else. And they looked. And they said, this guy, come out of the line. And he's speaking to argue. They said, just a minute, that guy. He says, this is counterfeit. This is not real. Now, you couldn't tell by your naked eyes it's not real. It looks so close to the original. Somebody in that country have mastered the art of imitating the genuine. And the unsuspecting eye would fall for it. The person that didn't have the training to recognize that it was not real would fall for it. But this guy was adamant, and he says, I'm going to give you a choice. I heard him there, please. I give you a choice. Leave this passport with me and go home. But if you insist, I call the military and I'm going to lock you up. He's arguing. So he called for the military. And the guy changed his mind. You know what he did? He went home. Because he knew what he had was a counterfeit. Amen. Now, I don't know what the process was to go through the proper channel to get the right thing, or whether he would have received it or not. But he had a counterfeit, and he couldn't get him on that plane. If man is that particular, how about God? It does matter who you call Messiah. It does matter who you call Messiah. Here we are in Matthew 24, 24. We're told that false Christ is going to come. Now, we see in the scripture that we are told, beware of false prophets. Now, what's the job of a prophet? The job of a prophet really is to reveal to you the mind of God, the will of God, and who God is. Israel said to God, how can I know if I'm dealing with the real or the genuine? God says, I'll give you a prophet. But if that prophet speaks in my name and the thing doesn't come to pass, then you know that's the thing I have not spoken. But then Israel said, just a minute, God, sometime it come to pass. And God said, yes, I sometime allow it to come to pass even though it's a lying dream. Or a lying vision, I'll let you be exposed to it to see how discerning an eye you've got, how discerning a heart you possess. And so they said, God, how can we know? And God said, I'll give you a prophet like it unto Moses, speaking of Jesus Christ. And so since Jesus Christ, many, many millions of people have gone to their grave, deceived. Because they never check for the thumbprint. Let's worship God. Jesus said, be careful of prophets, which are wolves, that come to you in sheep clothing. I'm going to show you something here. Let's just in case you miss the rapture. And I hope you don't. Just in case you missed the rapture. This is just uh, for argument's sake. Let's say you missed it. 
You don't realize this. You cannot go with Jesus except you have the seal of the Holy Ghost. If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwell in your mortal body, it shall also raise you up to rise to meet Jesus. And even though we all, I know a lot of people talk about it on radio and television and so on, that they got the Holy Ghost. Not everybody will cry, Lord, Lord, are going to enter in. Don't tell me they didn't plan to get in. But somewhere they bought a counterfeit. Somebody lied. Somebody changed the signature. Somebody removed the element of genuity and gave them a substitute. Hello? Brass looked like gold, but under a microscope, the structures are different. It's not the same. Amen. And, and so the Lord wanted God's people to know that you can know me and my sheep knows who I am. Now, I want to say to you in chapter 13 of Revelation, it's going to shock you here. If you miss the rapture, and I'm being careful when I'm saying this to you right now. This world is deceived. Not just some of us, the whole world. The whole world is deceived. And the reason why we're deceived, because there are false prophets. In fact, they're not prophets, they're puppets. <laughs> and Satan called them his ministers. They come as apostles of Christ. They come as angel of light. And I was told a story about this whole Afro-American an angel appeared to him one night in a dream and said, come on, i got a revelation for you. I want to show you something here. And the old bishop in the darkness of the night said, just a minute, let me get my glasses. <laughs> so he asked for his glasses and he put them on, picked up his Bible, and he opened his Bible and turned the light on and said, now, angel, speak. The angel disappeared. You know why? Though we are an angel, come from heaven, teach anything different, let him be a what? He said, no, I tell you again, though we the apostles are an angel, come from heaven and preach anything different than what was first once delivered to the saints, let him be a curse. Didn't say embrace him. Didn't say bless him. It's a curse him. And Paul said, I say it again the third time to the Galatian and said, There is not another gospel. Now, the first thing you have to learn, you won't live long enough to know all the false doctrines in the world. When I was coming to make murder preach, and I said to the pastor, Look, man, I don't know anything about preaching. What am I going to do up there? He said, Go. <laughs> and I said, well, a lot of things I don't know. I'm going to teach about all this stuff. He said, no, 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 no. You're going to learn when you get there. 
You're going to learn when you get there. Oh, yeah. In other words, I can't tell you everything I, you need to know. But when you get there, you're going to find out. And the first thing you have to find out is what's real and what's false. God hates false faith because its job is to deceive. Amen. It's like a wax that they put in a broken vessel. When you put it in the sun, it melts and shows the crack. And when a child of God, amen, bring what is brought to them in the presence of the Son of God, Expose the cracks. And you realize you're not going to be deceived. Now in chapter 13 of Revelation, go there please. What do you notice there? You notice here, this is not will religion. Nowhere in the Bible was anybody stoned, killed, or murdered simply because it says something against a prophet. Stop and think. These were the prophet. You could blaspheme his name and still not be killed in the stone. It's true. You can, you can draw word picture of Jesus and God will not strike you. Hello? You can take the name of Jesus Christ in vain and not drop dead. And no apostle will come and cut your head off. You will not be stoned. You will not be beheaded. You will not be imprisoned. Hello. They call him a wine-bibber. Beelzebub. And they call Paul many other names. Nobody got killed. Nobody got stoned. You don't see any time in the Bible when the apostles or the prophets or the evangelists or the deacons Teaching a Bible study, they said, believe or we cut your head off. Accept this or die. Believe what I'm telling you or we whip you to death. Didn't happen. Amen. The most aggressive of the day were renegade Jews who stoned people. They want to stone Jesus because he wasn't talking what they were saying. But they were the counterfeit. He was the genuine. Now what God said to man, come on, let us reason together. I place before you life and death, good and evil. Choose life and what? And live nowhere does the Messiah ask you to embrace death. Nowhere does the Messiah, amen, told you to suffer a martyrdom by killing somebody else. Now, church, in chapter 13, if you're left behind, you have to face this. You have to face a religion with a false Messiah. This false Messiah, Jesus Christ, talked about him. And here's what happened. I came in my father's, what? Name. Now, there's only one name given among men, 
since Jesus Christ, that's above every name. Now, name all the prophets. Name all the deities. Name all the Christ. Name them all. And when you said the name Jesus, it is above that name. I can today make a cartoon about Jesus, and no Christian is going to stone me. I can. I can write some derogatory. And I've seen them on the website, the derogatory things about Christ. They call him lunatic and call him different names. Nobody got killed. But the false prophets in chapter 13 will not tolerate your resistance. He will not tolerate your opposition. There's coming a world religion with a false Christ which will become the Christ the world will embrace because when the true Christ came, they would not embrace it. I hear a story told about in China. They were against the mongoose. So the mongoose was eating up their chickens. And so they decided to kill them all. And so they got rid of all the mongoose to kill them all. And when they did that, something happened. The snake began to multiply. As the snake multiplied, their kids start dying. They couldn't understand why are we losing our children to snake. Why is there such a sudden infestation of snakes but what they did was you can't have it both ways the mongoose had a divine purpose and as long as they were alive your kids would be alive but when you got rid of them you killed the only hope you had and now the snakes have multiplied and was devouring up their children I'm going to tell you when the world said, give us Barabbas, away with Jesus. We don't need Christianity. All religions are the same. And you fail to make a distinction between right and wrong and between holy and the unholy and the profane and truth. Then you're giving birth to snakes that will rise up and the dragon will come at you. And devour you. And we're seeing that today. It's the beginning of the invasion of the snakes. That's going to eat up our world. Because he said when I came in my name Jesus Christ. You wouldn't have it. There's a name. In chapter 13. You don't have a choice. You will take that name. You're in the service right now. And you can walk up to that finished preaching and reject the name of Jesus. You can reject repentance. You can reject receiving the Holy Ghost. You can even reject me as a preacher from God to you. But in chapter 13, when that false prophet who looked like a lamb and speak with the mouth of a dragon and demand that you take that mark of damnation 
you will not have a choice. You will not have an opinion. You will take his name, his mark, and his number, and if you don't, you will be beheaded. Now, folks, you can understand why we Christian preach. Pray that you be accounted, what? Worthy to escape the things coming upon our world. Here's how God going to approach you this morning. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I offer you a name. I offer you the only way to God. I offer you the only light this world will ever know. I offer you the only plan. And I'll only ask you, let's reason together. Though your sin be a scarlet, they shall be what? White as snow. Though your sin be a scarlet. Amen. God says, I make them like wool. He said, I will not force you. I will just give you a choice between life and death. And then I'll egg you on by saying, choose life and live. I want you to look, church. Look who worship in this service in chapter 13. The whole world. It says and verse 4, and they worship the dragon. Well, I won't worship the devil. You won't. You will. There's, there's no choice here. There is no place for an opinion. It caused both small and great to worship the dragon, which gave power to the false Christ. And they brag who's able to make war with them. And the Bible said, and everyone that dwell upon the earth shall, verse 8, shall worship him. Can you imagine a person going to the woods, chop down a tree, stack it up, <laughs> paint it up, decorate it, and bow to it. Cry to it. Feed it. Carry it. While rejecting the one true God. I saw it in Asia. I saw rich and poor people. We got pictures to prove it. Bowing to a wood. They told her the history how they got it. That's just the dress rehearsal for worshiping the dragon. It said they worship the dragon and they worship the beast. And no man could buy or sell. Now, folks, you can't have Christianity any easier than it is right now. It's so easy to get saved. You can come to church whether you want to or not. You can say no to Jesus if you choose to. You can turn your back and do anything, cuss if you want to, and nothing's going to happen. But when this church is gone, this world will not be without religion. It will have a world religion. 
and all that's left behind will bow. I said they will bow. Let me show you how intolerant they'll be. God gave you a picture in the book of Daniel. It says in Daniel chapter 5, when the picture came out and, and the statue was stu stood up, he said, when you hear the sound, not some bow, every person, every knee shall what? Bow. And if they didn't, what happened? Well, freedom of speech. Conscientious objector. No. If they did not bow, what would happen to them? What would happen to them, folks? Throw in the fiery furnace. My question to you is, how big is your God? How tall is he? A guy from the televangelist said he went to heaven, which I don't believe. And he went there and he saw Jesus Christ. He was nine foot tall. My Jesus is bigger than that. Bible says he fills the heavens and the earth. In fact, the heavens can't even contain him. Hello. So my question is, who is the true God? How can we know the true God? God said he shall know the truth, and the truth shall, not may, set you free. From what? The counterfeit. From the false. The reason why I tell these kids about the rainbow, because the rainbow is being used as a misguided symbol today. There is immorality, a blasphemy. And if you let your kids dress up like that silly thing, then you're sinning against your, your kid's soul. The true meaning of the, of the rainbow is found in the scripture. When you get rid of the Bible, my friend, you lose connection with the true God. You read all these other comic strip and comic books, you won't find God in it. You'll find a God, but not the God. The only true God there is the Word of God. And the first thing Satan did to rob men of, of paradise was he changed the Word. And if you want to hurt this church and hurt the world, change this Bible. Change the Word, and you won't find God. Now we have people around the world today. They are fighting over a name. It has no virtue, no power. You will not believe this. It was said today in Sunday school, you're not saved by works. My wife can't kill 15 people and that qualifier to go to heaven. No murderer shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. If you have blood on your hands, you cannot enter. That's what my Messiah teaches. My Messiah don't teach war. He teaches blessed are the peacemaker. Praise God. To my God, he said, not destroy. You're not forced to worship. You're not forced to believe on him. If you want to go, he said, would you go also? He said, the only way you're going to stay with me is because you have a revelation. Thou alone have the word of eternal life. We're not kept by fear. We're kept in this church by faith. We're not forced by a beheaded threat.
We're not forced by stripes. We're not forced by submission. We come humbly and we bow repentance if we so choose to. Amen. We choose to repent. And God said, I forgive if you can repent. Hello. Let us reason together, not force. God does not force you to serve him. He doesn't force you to believe that he is the only true God. He's the God of peace. He's not a God of wrath. He's a God of loving kindness. I like that. Jeremiah 9.24 says, The God that I serve is a God of so loving kindness. Not willing that any should perish. God sent me to save life. Not to take life. I'm here to preach truth. I'm not here to take life. I'm here to give life. Peter drew a sword to defend the faith. And Jesus Christ said, put up thy sword. You can't use violence as a reason for conversion. A shotgun wedding don't last too long. I'll say I do with a gun at my head. But as soon as you move it, I do no more. <laughs> Hello. Amen. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm not demanding you, but if you love me, we are held together by the glue of love. You know why? God says, I've got no pleasure in the death of anyone. He said, why will you die? The true God says, not my will that any should perish or die. But in chapter 13, if you miss the rapture and you oppose the world system of religion, you will die. I heard folks say, well, I won't take the mark. Whew, there's no options here. Come on, folks, be honest with yourself. Open your Bible and look. I'm talking to people upon whom the end of the world has come. He called, verse 16, both small and great, rich and poor, bond and free, to receive a mark in the right hand of the forehead, and that no man might buy or sell. Huh? Amen? He says, if you don't take that mark, you're going to die. Hey, the Pentecost, they preached the gospel. Some believe and some did not believe. We didn't kill those who didn't believe. We didn't call them infidels. We didn't murder them or slaughter them. They walked away. But those who embraced Christianity repent of their sins. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and they were filled with his Holy Spirit, and they serve him by love and by faith and not by fear. This church, amen, Paul said God didn't give a spirit of fear, but a spirit of a sound mind. I'm trying to tell this church, this is your best season to serve God. Amen. You will never have a better opportunity to serve God. There's no whiplash here. There's no force worship here. We were traveling in Asia. We couldn't even do anything to show that we believe in a God. Is that true or not? No cathedral allowed, no worship, no praise. Here we got freedom of worship. And we can find the true God. I'm going to tell you why there's so much killing in our world. Here's why there's so much killing in our world. And government don't want to face it. And you search the record. 
when North America and Europe took God's Ten Commandments and threw it out the door, like Ten Suggestions, every one of those laws are being violated by mankind today. Because those were the restrainer that kept the civility and peace. Because Satan can do nothing when God's word is in authority. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Seven sons of Sceva tried to do some work of the spirit of God. And the devil whipped their hides and said, Paul I know. And Jesus I know. But you are a counterfeit. And strip them naked. What a difference between the 10th chapter of Matthew. Where it says even the devil are submitted to us. Can you clap your hand to Jesus? I'm trying to tell somebody. The only death in this church is Christ Jesus. The only blood going to be shed in this church will be of Jesus Christ. It will not be the sinner's blood. It will not be the prospect's blood. He will not shed your blood. He shed his own blood. He purchased the church with his own blood. You cannot die for your own sins. You're not qualified. And by the way, if you make it to heaven, you don't get to heaven because you killed somebody on behalf of Jesus. The Bible tells me about a man called uh, Gideon. Gideon of the Revelation but the one true God, his father was idolatrous. And God showed him the true God with a thumbprint. So here's a true God. And God said, do something about it. He went to his father's house and destroyed all the false gods. Altar. Next morning, guess what happened? All the Baal worshipers came out. They're going to kill him like they do today. Hello? Enthusiast, but wrong. Sincere, but wrong. And they decided to kill Gideon. And Gideon's father, who's an adulterer, had a quick revelation. Hey, just a minute here. If Baal be God, why do you have to kill for him? Why doesn't he kill for himself? After all, they offended Baal. Let Baal show he can do something about what has happened to him. He don't need some enthusiast or believer to carry out his dirty work. So he said, let's wait and see if Baal is going to respond to what we just did to him sacrilegiously. Nothing happened! But I want to show you how God can respond. Belshazzar! He took the sacred golden vessels that came from Israel. What did he do? He violated. He desecrated it. And he mocked God. As if God can't respond. And hallelujah. And the first text message came on the wall. I am not dead. I'm alive. I am not some false God. I'm real. And God put his thumbprint on the wall. I'm, I said the party stop. The party stop. And they start shaking. And they call for a man of God alone who can read what's on the wall. Because the world can't read what God writes. Amen. And he said, look, tonight your kingdom is finished. You're going to lose it all. 
I'm trying to tell you, God don't need the church to fight for him. He'll fight his own battle. I want to tell you, we serve a God that defend us. We don't defend our God. He defend us. We don't carry our God. He carry us. We don't die for our God. He died for us. How tall is your God? How big is your God? And the Bible says, God stood with a man called Elijah. I want to ask you this morning, how popular is truth? The Bible said the way of truth, they what? Know not. And when they heard about God and knew him as God, they glorify him not as God. How popular is truth? What would you do if you find they pass a law. It's illegal to pray to any other God but the God of society. That's what chapter 13 is telling you. You can't pray to no other God. You can't bow to no other God. Right now you can bow to Jesus if you want to or any other gods out there if you wish. And if you did, he wouldn't do a thing about it. But if you worship him, he would respond. Hallelujah. Can you folks hear me? I thank God for my privilege to come to church. I count a distinct honor, but I'm not forced. You know, I, I thank God I was born in Jamaica. You can see what you wish. Thank God for Canada and all that too. But Jamaica doesn't tell me how to worship God. You don't tell me which God to worship. Our politician, our God, our men over there say, well, you got to worship this God or this God or that God or I to kill you. It don't happen, no. You go to the God of your choice. The church of your choice. Thank God for that. I could be born in a country where it's a state religion. Chapter 13 of Revelation is a state religion. That tells you how to worship, which mark to take, what name to... And if you don't, they chop your head off. Thank God you still got your hand. You still got your head. You still got your mind. The only thing I lost in Christianity are my sins. And some guy tell me, you're brainwashed. Yes, I am. And I'm heartwashed too. Thank God. What would you do? Before we close this morning, if I tell you're deceived, would you believe it? I'll tell you why you're deceived. You think you have time. And you don't know what time it is. And you're deceived. You're rolling over in your bed, and the alarm is going off. And you're lying to yourself. I still have time. And you're also saying, it will never happen to me. So one of the greatest tragedies in life is people drown and kill who have that attitude, it will never be me. It happened to them. 
what would you say? 850 men in nice white robes stood right here in this church tonight, today. And crying, Bill <laughs> is God, the sun god. And oh, emaciated prophet in camel skin over here. Tell you, no, wrong. What would you do? Jehovah is God. And they said, no, Baal is God. Sheer number would affect you. That's what democracy means. Democracy is handing you over to the Antichrist. You say, well, Pastor, are you communist? Neither. I'm theocratic, not democratic. Hello? I say, I'm theocratic. Where God ruled through a man, through true man Christ Jesus. 850 false prophets. God called them false. The people embraced them. And they have claimed that they never could sustain. And God tricked them. I'm telling you, this world is going to be shocked one of these days. When God shows who the real God is. He's not responding yet. Because he's busy working on us. And how long halt he between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then serve him. Hey, church, you, you know, I'm going no backsliders. I don't know of any backslider that God ever gave me a command. Go, Pastor, you, go kill that backslider living number five slip road. Kill him. He walked it on me. Kill him. Kill her. She left me. Kill her. Now she's back in the bar in the world. Kill her, please. Blow that one up. Shoot this one over here. Cut this one throat. Behead this one. No. This is a faith where backsliders have a hope. This is a faith where God says, though you're falling, I'll pick you back up. This is a faith where God says, I'll go out and bring the sheep back. I will search the house. Hallelujah. Because he knows if he kill us all, he won't have a church. For we've all come short of the what? Glory of God. But he's merciful and faithful and just to forgive us of all the righteousness. The church, I'm talking about, I am not living in chapter 13 of, of, of Revelation. I'm living in Acts chapter 2 where I can repent of my sins and my sins can be blotted out and my God is not angry at me. My God is merciful for me. Thus stand. Death is an enemy to Pentecostals. Nobody can be a Pentecostal and say he loves death. Then you're deceived. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says, death is an enemy. It's not martyrdom. We don't invite martyrdom. It comes against our will. Hello? Praise God. In fact, we don't even fight governments with knives or bullets because the weapon of our church warfare are not carnal. They're not machine guns. They're not bayonets. Hello? They're not grenades. You know what our weapon is? 
fasting and prayer. And after we finish fast, we're going to kill some people. You know how we handle Satan? We don't throw stones at him. We throw the word at him. Can somebody hear me? Nobody is forced to pray. Nobody is forced to get the Holy Ghost. Nobody's forced to be baptized. It's our freedom of worship. I choose to put my hand up and worship God. I choose to clap my hands. I choose to rejoice. I choose to pay my tithes. I choose to live for God. I'm not forced. It's not some forced religion. And I will not embrace a death religion. He said, I come that ye may have life and more abundantly. Hallelujah. Death is an enemy. Would you bow your heads right now? Beloved, my message to you right now is, it says, in the whole world, Satan that deceived the whole world was cast in a lake of fire and them that followed him. I don't know if you're deceived this morning, but you can't clean yourself up enough for God to receive you. You can't kill people and expect God to receive you as a prize for salvation. No, the only way to paradise is obedience to Acts 2.38. Nobody who have hate and murder in their heart can go to heaven. And violence, and, no, sir, you can't do it. Not one time in the life of Jesus did he kill anybody. Did he slaughter anybody. John the Baptist was a prophet. Never one time advocate murder or crime. John the Baptist taught, do violence to no man. Christianity is peaceful because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Salem, the King of Peace. I'm going to ask you peacefully, if the Lord be God, then serve him. And he sent your servants, men of God. You can check them out. They have no sword. They advocate no violence, no hatred. You're not in chapter 13. You're in Acts chapter 2, where you can turn to God right now. He's merciful. There's no hatred here, no war, no strife, no sedition. We don't fight governments or magistrates. We pray for them. We offer you meekness, love, and joy, and peace. Who's God talking to right now? Let's reason together. I'm not going to force you to worship me. There's no spiritual jihad here. There's no forced submission, forced worship, forced religion. We will not behead you. We will not stripe you. We will not force you to take a mark of Christ. We will not force you to take on his name as a seal. But we're asking you, choose life and live. Come on. Who's God talking to right now? Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him.